You'll always be a part of me, Sansa. Enemies to the west, enemies to the north, enemies to the south. As we stride for the finish line in our Game of Thrones, rehashing three short days now until season seven, long, long overdue. Season seven of Game of Thrones. Tonight, here, in the Sausage Hut Dungeons, I shall rehash the penultimate set of episodes. Season 6, episode 7, The Broken Man. Season 6, episode 8, New One. And season 6... Episode 9, The Battle of the Bastards. So without much more ado, we've been through a lot together, and we're about to start a brand new session of podcasting, starting Sunday night, bringing you Season 7, recapping, re-whatevering with whoever I can find, whoever wants to help me. But let's do this. This is Lancel Lannister, and you're listening to the Game of Thrones Minute with Johnny Kilbasa. And now on the Sausage Mark Aram Podcast. Show, it's time for the Game of Thrones Minute for a minute and a half with or two. Johnny Kilbasa. And nobody else today. <clears throat> We're going to give it to you straight at you, episode 7, 8, and 9 in season 6 here. Um, this extended remix of Game of Thrones minutes that you certainly caught last year on the Mark Aram show, one of the greatest segments of all time. And they're coming back Monday night, considering unless Mark Aram wins the World Series of Poker, which I think he's playing as we speak or as we record right now. So let's not waste any more time and get right into the Broken Bird. Shame. 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 Episode 7 of the Broken Band, somewhere in the Amishire, Deadwood, Al Swearingen builds a tower. I quote Deadwood, but there's nothing suitable for this podcast. Ha. Who's that carrying wood? It's the Hound. He's alive and he's chopping wood. I reckon you'd die a dozen more times over the next few days, but you didn't. What kept you going? Hate. <laughs> Meanwhile, in King's Landing, Marjorie goes deep undercover. Congress does not require desire on the woman's part, baby. Only patience. Septa Ulena lurks. The Queen of Thorns is pissed. Marjorie slips Elena a note. Just remember, in the winter, far beneath the bitter snow, the seed that with the sun's love in the spring becomes the rose. <laughs> Meanwhile in the north, John, Sansa, and Davos try to drum up an army. One one is in in snow. Meanwhile back at King's Landing, Elena cuts a heel promo on Cersei on her way out of town. I wonder if you're the worst person I've ever met. At a certain age it's hard to recall, but the truly vile do stand out through the years. Meanwhile in River Run, Brown is back and he's wearing eyeliner. Someone needs to teach those said twats how to dig trenches. The Frey boys swerve killing Edmure and Jamie puts a smackdown on him. Jamie wants to parley. You've only got one hand. My money's on the old boy. Meanwhile, on Bear Island, Lady Mormont doesn't GAF. Davos sucks up well. I was a crabber's son. Then I was a smuggler. 
Now I find myself addressing the lady of a great house in a time of war. The recruiting team picks up 62 Mormons. Woo. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at River Run, Jamie draws a drawbridge and cuts a babyface promo on the blackfish. The blackfish is not impressed. Meanwhile, at the uh, Castle of Glover, <laughs> wildling racism is rampant. Sansa pulls a bannerman card and whips. I served House Stark once and House Stark is dead. Meanwhile, in our favorite Pentos whorehouse, Yara's getting some and peer pressuring Theon to drink. Nothing on the Iron Islands has an ass like that. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the interminable recruiting trail, John wants to Stannis and fight with the men we have. Then Sansa writes a letter. Back in the Shire of Deadwood, Al Swearingen tells a shame story. He have to answer the prayers yourself. Three riders show up and say that night is dark and full of terrors, and then the hound chops more wood. Meanwhile, in Bravos, Arya throws some silver around, takes it to the bridge, takes a stabbing from the wave, takes a plunge, and takes a stumble through town. Back at the Shire, the hound chops branches and fails to notice that all his friends are dead. See ya, Al! And the hound is back. Shame. 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 So there you go. Season 6. Episode 7. Just for you. Game of Thrones minute style. Raging right through it. We're rounding the final turn and heading into the home stretch. And we start off with seeing people we never saw before unless you watched uh other hbo shows like deadwood and then all of a sudden there's the dude from deadwood i can't admit that i've seen every deadwood but i know enough to know that al swearingen was a great character great english actor and he plays an american dude pretty well so there he is in the middle of the shire out in the middle of nowhere building i guess a church it doesn't really you really can't tell there's just these people in stinky wet clothes building something that looks like a tower of some kind uh yes look at us we're just doing good things and we've all done bad things before now we're doing good things and then there's a dude chopping wood <laughs> and who could that be we don't know but he know we know he can swing an axe right but who is it oh hey it's the hound so then Al Swearingen sits down with the hound and says you know brother I thought you were dead when I when I found you, I'd put you in the meat wagon here and send you, was driving you back and then you coughed and he about shit himself. That was pretty funny. And his leg was, his bone was sticking out of his leg and he thought he would die a lot more times over the next few days, but he didn't. And then he asked him what kept him going. <laughs> awesome houndness right here. He, hound just says, hate. <laughs> what keeps you alive? hate and it seems like they really did up the burning scar on his head it seems a little more pronounced than before I don't know maybe it's the exact same and he just has a little less hair or they just kind of did it up a little more I'm not sure I guess he didn't really have time to do his hair much when he joined the what are they I don't know what they are the same people that is it the high is he a septon so I guess he's technically the same people that the high septum the, i don't think they're they're not the faith militant but they're just they're just um religious hippies theo hippies in the middle of nowhere and then these three crazy dudes come up and go like uh what's going on with you guys you know and hound immediately looks suspiciously at them because he knows that these guys want come and they want the stuff that they have they want your food they want their women and they want whatever they can get and, and they ask for donations and Al Swearingen says hey you can stay for supper and they're like that's not what we're talking about dude but these guys kind of they don't look like badasses they kind of look like three 
dudes trying to be badasses, but they look really dorkishness. You know, they, they don't really seem menacing, so to speak. So they leave. And whenever anybody like that leaves, you know somebody's going to be coming back. So I wonder what's going to happen there. Well, I guess we'll find out later in the episode. So let's go on down to King's Landing where Marjorie's just playing the part, isn't she? And I, I don't think we're supposed to think that she's all in what she's doing, but I think she knows what she's supposed to be doing. And the High Septon, High Sparrow, whatever we're calling him this week, he's definitely, definitely suspicious, you know? He's definitely suspicious. So he kind of quizzes her a little bit. Well, you know, in the way he talks, I mean, it just I hope he re I hope he's trying to make you hate him. I mean, I know he's trying to make us hate him and he's doing a great job and he's doing such a great job that, you know, I just can't stand looking at his hunchback, dirty blanket, hairy, dirty feet ass anymore. But I guess we probably won't have to. I'm just saying, I don't know. And he sits Marjorie down. <laughs> And he's like, uh, Marjorie, I got a little thing to talk to you about here. You know, since I freed you, you, um, you ain't been giving it to Tommen. What's up with that? And she's like, well, you know, I don't know. I've just been all, I'm all into this book now that you gave me. What do you want from me? You, you, you want me behind bars. You want me to confess. You want all this. You want that. Now I'm out. And now I, now I got to, now I don't want to feel like banging, but I got to bang too. And he's like, well, <laughs> Congress does not require desire on the women's part. <laughs> Only patience, which is hilarious. And totally something a, a religious zealot would say to a woman because he's trying to brainwash her and they're only we all know that I guess the septum says you need to you need to be cranking out babies you need to be cranking out more suckers for my religion apparently so septo Elena is there when we see the queen of thorns who is madder than a wet hen madder than a wet rose there she's trying to talk to Marjorie and Elena's just standing there she's not going anywhere kind of like um, Scientology <laughs> um, where they, people can't go anywhere and they're talking and Marjorie's playing the part playing the part and she like kneels in front of Olena and no grandma you have to go home you have to go home and she slips her a note and oh what is it Olena as she walks out she unfurls the note and it's a rose oh it's a rose now there's a ton of symbolism there but all the, you know, she didn't really need to say, hey, grandma, I'm really, I'm just playing the part. We're good. But a uh, rose is very symbolic. All she needed to say was a rose. And then cue the Bette Midler. And it was great that Bette Midler came in and sat there in King's Landing and sang the song with everybody. That was great. I'm just kidding. She didn't really do that. In there. <laughs> so we know now that we know, even though we thought for a long time that Marjorie was just playing the part to do whatever she had to do, we know that she's in it to win it for the Tyrells and good for her. But what, what, what's going to come of it? We don't know yet. <laughs> so let's go back up to the North where 
the on, back on the recruiting trail, John, Sansa, and Davos trying to drum up an army here, and and he gets the, the first stop is with the wildlings. He's like, I know you guys want to don't want to do this, but we got to do this. You guys saw the dead. We you know they're coming after us. We need to we need to head south and take Winterfell, and then one one, who knows this time has come come, is like it's too bad one one too bad one one but he's in so then they go they, they go around and they go up to bear island where um kowski's favorite character lady mormont is there the eight-year-old in charge of the island and she's a stern stern young lady and it doesn't want to do anything and then davos you know gives a good spiel i, I, if, I wish i could <laughs> i'd love to see a pop I'm gonna. I should put together a PowerPoint presentation with the things that they say, with the things that these these three people say when they <laughs> when they're trying to recruit people. When Davos says, "I was a, I was a, I was a crabber, I was a crabber's son, and then I was a smuggler, and now I'm standing in the in the great lady's house in the time of war." So he's they're great at kissing her butt at the right time, and they they convince her to join the cause, and they're like, "Oh yes." We did it. How many people can you give us? 62. Oh, okay. Bear Island's not very big. Bear Island, home of Jorah Mormont, the Khaleesi stalker dude with the grayscale, and his dad, who was, um, what was it, Mr. Mormont, who was John's mentor and former Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. Stabbed in the back by the crazy dude with the knives a couple seasons ago. Remember that? Remember that? He was from Bear Island, so there. And then they, then the recruiters go. They go. They make one more stop. They go to Castle Glover, which nobody's heard about, nobody cares about. And then they're like, nah, "You're, you're with, you're with wildlings. There's no way we're joining an army with wildlings." And it, which is funny because they're all white people, you know. It's like, like, come on, who cares? <laughs> so House of Glover. I wonder what's going to come to them after they said no. But they said no, and they're like, "Okay, fine." And then that's about this all the recruiting we can do. And then River Run, we got a siege going on where the Blackfish and his boys are like, okay, we've got this castle. This is where I grew up. We're not giving it up. And Jamie had to go out to River Run and he's not happy about it. So he takes an army out there and he's like, I gotta gotta bring these guys back one way or another. I gotta get this get this castle black so they're castle back <laughs> so meanwhile back at river run bronze back and he's wearing eyeliner and they have they're gonna siege river run that so jamie had to take the army he doesn't want to do this but he had to take an army up there to take back river run the castle slash town or whatever it is where the where the blackfish is blackfish tully that's where he's born that's where he grew up he's not he's ready for two years worth of siege so he's gonna stay there and then the fray boys um are also with Jamie Lannister and they take Edmure up to the up to the river and they say hey Blackfish we're gonna kill Edmure if you don't give us back this castle and <laughs> and Blackfish didn't care he's like go ahead kill him I don't care call this bluff they didn't do it Jamie comes in and puts a smack down on the phrase and then that's <laughs> that's about all we got there setting it up right so then we gotta we go back to go take a quick stop over to Pen Pentos, which is across the narrow sea, which is where Tyrion got kidnapped from this whorehouse that he was in, and there's Yara, um, 
Yara and Theon in the whorehouse, the same whorehouse, I think, in the same spot. And Yara's getting, you know, she's having a good time. I can, they, they cross the narrow sea, apparently, <laughs> just like that. And Yara's settling down to a nice piece and then forces Theon to, to drink. And it's like, dude, you better just shape up or slit your wrists, pretty much. And Theon's just like, oh, 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 and then after the pep talk, pep talk Yara goes and gets her girl again, and then that's all good. Has a great line. Nothing on the Iron Islands has an ass like that. <laughs> Meanwhile, over in Essos and Bravos, up the up the coast in Bravos, Arya is walking around town very confidently. She's like, I need to ride over to Westeros. And this dude, she's she's a dude, and she's like, I'm not, I'm leaving next week. And she's like, Here's a bag of silver. Uh, get you a cot in the basement and she both throws another bag of silver and she says um i want a cabin and i want to leave in the morning how about that and then she lively takes back the silver and says i'll see you tomorrow and then she goes to a bridge and then a kindly old lady comes up and you know she doesn't seem too kindly when it oh she pulls out a knife and stabs her so Arya's bleeding she jumps over the bridge into the water and she gets out of the water and she's like, oh man, what the heck am I supposed to be doing here? And then stumbles through town and that's where we leave her for this week. And then we go back to the Shire where we started. Freaking Hound just chopping wood. He must have wandered out somewhere because he didn't realize that while he was out chopping wood, everybody that he was with got killed <laughs> and he just happens to be the only one left alive and they hung elsewhere engine so whatever <laughs> so the hound i think it was good to see that the that face hound lasted about 45 minutes because as soon as he saw all this stuff he grabbed his axe and bad hound was back and he starts taking off and that's about all we got there for season six episode seven kind of setting the stage here for the for the next couple episodes giving the hound a reason to be mad al swearingen had a great 45 minute run see you see you later dude we hardly we hardly knew you he was just trying to be a good guy he was he wasn't very good at being a septon but what can you do when you're hanging from a hanging from a noose you know this is Lancel Lannister, and you're listening to the Game of Thrones. Let's stop messing around with, with that. Johnny Kilbossa. And now on the Salt Mark Aram Show, it's time for the Game of Thrones minute minute and a half. with Johnny Kilbossa. Episode 8. No one talking about nothing. Let's get right into it. In Bravo, Summerstock Theater's back. Lady Crane wins a Tony and finds Arya in her closet and she's bleeding. Then she takes Arya home and stitches her up. Bianca has been sent on her way. Come with us to Pentos. Oh, Arya can't. She's going west to the west and she knows people will be chasing her the whole time anyway. Then Lady Crane gives her some milk of the poppy and Arya takes a nice poppy nap. Meanwhile in the woods, a kissing lesson begets a beech nut and the hound is back and everyone's in trouble. Meanwhile in Marine, 
Varys and Tyrion stroll about to see the city has come back to life. And Varys is leaving on a secret mission. Oh, don't leave, man. Did you happen to see the most famous dwarf in the world? <laughs> Meanwhile, in King's Landing, Cer Cersei has a drink. Militants have breached the Red Keep walls. Cousin Lancel and his friends want Cersei in the Sept. Uh, Mountainstein and has something to say about that. And Cersei chooses violence. Mountainstein shucks a brother's head like a corn cob, and a twitchy finger tells the tale. Please tell the High Septon he's always welcome to visit. Meanwhile, outside River Run, Brienne and Pod reunite with Jamie and Bronn. Tell him I have his sword. Bronn cinches in a chokehold on Pod and Bronn, and Jamie talks shop. The way all women look at him is frankly irritating. Lesson number one assume any, everyone wants to hit you. Brienne and Jamie talk truceing. Brienne returns the sword, but Jamie refuses, and they lay the groundwork for a pay per view match later on. And that blackfish is still a dick. Brienne sends a fail raven to the wall after an unsuccessful attempt to get him to leave. Meanwhile, in King's Landing, Uncle Kevin sends Cersei to the gallery with the other ladies of the court. King Tommen forbids trials by combat. Uh oh, Cersei, cue the reins of Castamere. Marine while back in Marine, Tyrion brings the peer pressure to the boring twins. <laughs> I've tried wine before. It made me feel funny. Tyrion wants a vineyard of his own where he can make a wine called the Imstalite. The twins know no joke. Then Tyrion tells a hillbilly Stark joke. Then they make joke. And oh crap! Marines get an attack! Marine, me, meanwhile, back outside River Run, Edmure is a most potent man. Jamie offers the casterly walk sweepstakes. Did I give you the impression that this is a negotiation? It's not. Edmure wants to know how Jamie sleeps at night. Jamie cuts a heel promo about sisters. Edmure crosses the moat and the Blackfish and gives up River Run. The Blackfish lets Brienne and Pod escape and goes down swinging. See ya, Blackfish! Brienne and Pod head up the river and wave to Jamie on the way. Meanwhile, back in Marine, the Slave Masters fling fire at the city just in time for Khaleesi and Drogon to return. Mer meanwhile, in the brother land without borders, it's Beric Dondarrion and Thoris Amir, and they're still good guys. We all bloody die, except this one here. The Hound no knows two out of three ain't bad. Nancy's. Beric and Thoros give a recruiting pitch, and the Hound considers. Meanwhile, back in Bravos, Lady Crane goes for a vial, sees the little Dutch boy and gets it. See you, Lady Crane, but wait, it's the Waif. Arya Bolt slides down the stairs on a ripped up gut and sneaks into a midtown bathhouse. Really? A chase scene in Bravos? The Waif gets hotter every show. I don't care what you say. Arya pulls a Schwarzenegger from Predator and goes dark. Cut to jocking in the house of B-dubs. Now the waif's face is on the wall and Arya put it there with Needle and Arya's declared no one, but she disagrees. She's Arya and she's going home and Jockin nods accordingly. Approvingly. Shame. 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 So there you go. Season 6, Episode 8. No one... Arya's on her way to becoming no one if she hasn't already been no one, or maybe you never become no one and you just don't know it then. I'm not sure, but where do we start this episode? We start it in Bravos, where we've got another great summer stock theater, and we see that Lady Crane is giving a great performance with she took in the notes that Arya gave her. Now she's a mad Cersei as opposed to a sad Cersei. And she, I think she's going to win a Tony award for that. <laughs> so Arya, meanwhile, has snuck into her closet. She's all bloody. She's stabbed. And Lady Crane's the only person she can go to. So Lady Crane takes her home, stitches her up, gives her some milk of the poppy. And then that's a, she's like, you got to sleep, bro. It's the only way you're going to get better. Hey, we're going to Pentos. Why don't you come with us? You could probably act. And Arya doesn't know how she could learn all those lines. But then she says, meanwhile, people are chasing me. I'm going west to west, dude, so no. And then Lady Crane gives her some milk of the poppy and sends her to La La Land. Yeah, milk of the poppy. Be funny if instead of 
everybody's saying there's a opiate addiction crisis in America. They should say there's a milk of the poppy crisis in, in Essos. <laughs> so let me go right into the, the woods, probably near where Al Swearingen was. And these three dirt bags are sitting around. And there's a little, a funny little story about a kissing, kissing lesson. And then the dude just beach nuts him and like, whoa, impales him. And uh, that was kind of gross. But then the hound shows up and cleans house. Didn't even ask questions, didn't say hello. And he just has an ax and just goes to town. And that's all we do there. And then in Marine, Varys and Tyrion stroll about the city and it looks like everything's going well, you know. Um, what we did worked. The, deal we, the deals we made with the slavers worked and everybody's coming back to life and the economy's going up and the jobs, job creation's on the rise and who would have thought that happened? So meanwhile, Varys is like, ah, hey man, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go to Westeros and make, make some friends if we're gonna do this thing. Which sucks because we all like Varys and Tyrion. So, hope, so who knows how long that's going to last? Hopefully not very long. Then he goes, you know, and he says, <laughs> I can't see you. And Tyrion's like, I, I, no, Varys is like, I don't want to be seen leaving with the most famous dwarf in the city. And Tyrion's like, dude, the most famous dwarf in the world, bro. And Varys just kind of nods. There's so much great nodding in this. This is the best nodding show ever. People just with the, they really put an emphasis on just looking and nodding and saying things without saying things. So back in King's Landing, Cersei's like having a drink as always. And then Kyburn comes in and says, oh, well, uh, Lancel and his buddies are, they've somehow made it into the bread keep and they, they want you to go to the sept. And, and then she's like, um, no, how about that? And then she walks out with the mountain behind her. She must feel great with the mountain. And then they have a little showdown and basically Mountainstein <laughs> picks one dude up by his, by his throat and kills him. And the other, the other one, the other brothers just leave in a huff. And Cersei's like, oh, he can come visit me if you want, but I'm not going anywhere, bro. See you later. And then in River Run, so then we go back to River and now we see Brienne and Pod talk to Jamie and Bronn because they've just come back from outside of Winterfell. So I don't think it's that far, but it's still not that close either. So they rode down there, see what they could do with... No, they came from the wall. What am I talking about? That's even farther. So they, they came down to River Run to say, hey, hey, Jamie, why don't you let us... Why don't you let me see if I can get the Blackfish just to give up the castle so his army can come help us? <laughs> and he's like I don't know if that's really a good idea it was a great scene though between Jamie and Jamie and Brienne because we all know that there was untenable it's an untenable situation they're, they're going to end up on different sides of the mix here and Brienne's like well I appreciate your nobility but and your honor but you know, when it comes down to it, if we're going to go at it, we're going to go at it. So that's totally setting up the WrestleMania ma match um, semi-main between Brienne and Jamie, which really ain't going to be much of a match because I don't think Jamie can really fight. But it'll suck if Braun has to get into it too because we don't want Braun to heel turn in any of this. So I guess we'll find out at SummerSlam when all this stuff probably starts to come together. <laughs> 
So they try to, she tries to talk Blackfish out of it, and Blackfish is like, no, I'm staying here. No matter what. So after that happens, Jamie tries to talk with Edmure, who's this, who's, who was bay I think they bathed him and fed him, but then they tied him, tied him to a post in a, in a tent. And then they, they have a nice little back and forth. And Edmure's like, what, what, dude, what do you want me to do? You know, I, what do you, why are you such, you're the most, you're the most evil person in the world. You, you know, you stabbed everybody I knew and Roose Bolton was a jerk and, I've been in a dungeon since the Red Wedding. What do you want from me? And then Jamie gets kind of creepy. He's like, dude, I only care about my sister, lover, sister, wife, and I'll kill anybody to get back there. So what do you want me to do? You want me to catapult your baby out here? I, I'll do it because I don't care. And that must have did it because next thing you know, Edmure just goes right in and Blackfish is like, don't let that dude in here. He's going to, he's a, it's a trap. But the, the underlings were like, that's the Lord of River Run. I have to do what he says. He lets them in. And then <laughs> Edmure commands them to, to surrender, which was like, like, really? You really fell for that one? And Blackfish is mad. He goes down to the basement and lets Brandon Pot escape. And he's like, I'm going to go down and fight. And I haven't had a proper sword fight in years. We don't see him die, but I think he died, which is too bad. Why didn't he just get in the boat? Should have just gotten the boat. But I think he was kind of old man suicidal at that point. I don't think he really cared. So the, then they pod and like, I guess it's sun up or d dusk, no, uh, dawn, right around dawn. Brandon pod head out. Jamie sees him and waves. Wonder if that'll come back to haunt him sometime. I have a, I have a feeling it might, but I don't know for sure. So then Marine and back in Marine, all hell's breaking loose. The, 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 the ships are just uh, great shots of flinging, flinging fire on the walls and while that's all happening, Tyrion and Khaleesi are just talking. And Tyrion's like, oh, I think we need a little sense of urgency here. And Khaleesi's like, I want to burn them all. And, and Tyrion says, well, you know, it kind of runs in your family. But it wasn't really a good idea when he did it. And he gives us a little nod about there being a bunch of wildfire underneath the city of King's Landing. Remember that part, right? So Khaleesi's like, let's burn them all. What do you say? I guess I kind of screamed through that. So the, the, the only thing left in that, in the episode is Bravos, Lady Crane, coming back. She goes, she's looking for another vial of the milk of the poppy. And then the little Dutch boy comes in and she's like, who, are, who the heck are you? Stab, 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 stab. She dies. See you, Lady Crane. And everybody knows he's going to take his face off, and it's the waif. She's everywhere. She doesn't have anything else to do except stalk Arya, apparently. She found out where he was. Arya freaking gets up and jumps for it. And then just they go on a Matrix chase all the way through Bravos, and she's got a ripped-up gut. I don't know how the heck she got through there, but she snuck into a bathhouse, and probably about the last place you want to go during any time, to tell you the truth. I like the waif if you know she's not dressed up and she's got that weird haircut but and I, I would like to see her in real life so then Arya pulls like she goes she totally goes Schwarzenegger and Predator here she's got her little fort set up she just like just like Schwarzenegger did you know he, he made his preparations he 
covered his face and then had the grenades and then he had the he set up the the tree trunk ready to kill him and then she just she waits and there's one little one little candle and she pulls out needle and is when the wave comes in she's like oh i'm trained to fight blind and i can take this girl blind and she i like how i, I like the uh, a thin sword through a through a hot candle and just went and that's uh then we can just assume that she got her because we cut it right back to the the house of house of b dubs down in the the face cellar and what do you know the wave's face is on the wall and there's still blood dripping from it so aria she used all of her skills she washed the body she removed the face she took it down she put the face where she was supposed to go and then there she is and then jock and hagar is like ha 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 a girl is finally no one which I don't know if she is, if, if that was the final, you know, maybe Jock and Agar knew, like, this is what you do. You're, you, when you kill her, you're going to be ready. And then she's like, no, I'm Arya Stark and I'm going home. And then Jock and's like, he's, Jock and always seems like he knows what the hell's going on. So it's like, of course you are. And I'm probably going to follow you one way or another. So that's it. So then that, there we go. Streaming right through episode eight, which only leaves us it only leaves us with one more one more thing one of the greatest episodes ever this is Lancel Lannister and you're listening to the Game of Thrones Minute with Johnny Kilbasa and now on the Mark Podcast, Show, it's time for the Game of Thrones Minute or two and a half with minutes. Johnny Kilbasa okay one more time for this episode we're not going to hear many more of these, I guess. Uh, actually, we're going to hear a whole new bunch of them starting next week on the Mark Aram Show on Monday nights. So let's go. Battle of the Boston's. Shame. 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 In Marine, it's Cannonball. Marine's eating fire, and Khaleesi and Tyrion want, want to discuss commerce. Danny wants to burn them all. Tyrion tells us Khaleesi about a wildfire underneath King's Landing. Surrender talks ensue. Your reign is over. My reign has only just begun. Rhaegar and Viserion hear their brother's call and bust out of the crypts. Now there's three angry dragons. Time to burn, baby, burn in a Khaleesi Inferno. The Sons of the Harpy have time for a little fun. Before the Dose Rocky, drop the Dose Smacky down on them. Grey Worm drops some knowledge and drops two slavers himself. See ya, slavers. It's dragon time. Burn, baby, burn. One must die. Grey Worm makes it two. Go. Tell your people what you saw here. Meanwhile, outside Winterfell, a battle of wits ensue. My beloved wife, I've missed you so. A dire wolf head tells the tale here. In the morning, then, Boston. Later in the tent, the good guys talk strategy. They won't be able to hit us from the sides, Tormund. <laughs> Don't do what he wants you to do. Sansa knows no one can protect anyone. Well, you loved that cunt Stannis, and I loved the man he burned. Then it's time for some sour goat milk and a nap. Davos walks around and finds his burnt whittling. Damn, dude, that was so bad. Meanwhile, back in Marine, the Greyjoys made it. Nice rump shot of Yara, eh? Yara and Khaleesi hit it off, so... No more reaving, roving, raiding, or raping, right? Forearm shake, deal. Meanwhile, back outside Winterfell, would you like to play a game? Rickon makes a run for it. Zigzag, dude, zigzag, dude. Oh, see you, Rickon. Now let's get ready to rumble. Arrows fly, cavalry charges. John's going to take them all on himself. And Tatum's got nothing on this one, dude. The bodies stack high, and Ramsey puts on the squeeze play. John's about to drown in carnage, but swims to the top just as the halftime horn blows. No, wait, it's Sansa, Littlefinger, and the Knights of the Veil vale coming in for the save. 
save. Inside Winterfell, 1-1 brings the goal line in all, the goal line offense in for a touchdown. See you, 1-1. Then John goes Ralphie on Scott Farkas in a Christmas story all over Ramsey. Woohoo! The Stark banners hang over Winterfell once again, and Sansa gets her revenge. Your words will disappear. Your house will disappear. Your name will disappear. All memory of you will disappear. And Sansa feeds Ramsey to his hounds, who let the dogs out. Who, who, see you, Ramsey, you bastard. Shame. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, sweet, sweet revenge. The sweetest of the sweet. It finally, finally came. The Battle of the Bastards. We finally got what we wanted. In one of the greatest, I, I, I think the one, is, one of the greatest single television episodes ever made. I mean, it was just truly epic with this Battle of the Bastards and how they did it. It was great, but we'll save that for a little later. So let's go back to Bravos and see what Arya did. You know, Lady Crane was just sneaking up for a little more of the milk of the poppy when somebody sneaks into her house and it looks like a little Dutch boy and she wasn't, he, the little Dutch boy wasn't there to make nice. Or maybe that was, was that somebody? I don't know if that was a face that we recognize or not. I don't think it was, but anyway, see Lady Crane and you know it's got to be the wave and it is. She rip, rips her mask off and Arya... It's like, oh man, not again. And she just jumps. So, and then they go chasing, crazy chase show, crazy chase scene. Lots of fruits and vegetables getting spilled on a on the stairs. And that's what, that's what happens there. And then Arya finally makes it back to her little, her little safe zone. And she knows the waif will be there and she's waiting for the waiting for her. And she just snips that, snips off the, the candle, and that's all. All she wrote for the waif, because next thing you know, we're in Jock, we're in the house of B Dubs, and Jock and Hagar is looking at Arya, putting the face back up, and and Jockin's like, oh, your your training is complete. You're finally no one, and Arya doesn't want to be no one. She wants to be Arya Stark, and she wants to head back to Westeros as soon as possible. What a great move. Nice move. Nice season. I'm glad we're finally done with with Bravos. Even though the House of Black and White was really cool looking, it just seemed like we knew this was coming sooner or later. You know, she was going to she was basically in assassin school and she did it. And everybody likes Jock and Agar, even though in the books it really wasn't Jock and Agar, it was some other dude, I think. And who knows? I don't even think we got that far in the books. So that's good. So see you later there. Take care, take care of her. We'll see you on the other side of the narrow sea, Arya. And then... So then let's wrap things up in Marine. We're there cannonballing. I talked about that just a little. I think I got ahead of myself there, but who cares? Yeah, the slavers come in to talk about surrender. And they're like, yeah, do you think they were all high, in, high on themselves? They're like, okay, we've come to discuss terms of surrender. Like, of course, you're, you're going to give us... We're going to slaughter your dragons and you're giving us everything we want. So shut up and give it to us. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. We're not we're not here to discuss surrender of our surrender. We're here to discuss your surrender. 
And they're like, oh, <laughs> hey, look at that dragon about to kill everybody. And then the, the tide kind of turns. And then they're like, well, now there's three. The, the um, Regal, Regal and Viserion bust out of the crypt and because they hear their brother's call. Why didn't they just do that a long time ago? I don't know. But they did. So now there's three dragons running around and they're mad. And they decide. And then Drogon comes up after Khaleesi's like, okay, one of you has to die. And then how about, uh, and, and Grey Worm walks up to the one dude in the middle with the eyeliner. And he kneels and Grey Worm kills the other two. <laughs> Great move there. One, one, one swoop of the knife and two guys go down fast. And then... Tyrion's just like, go, go tell them what you've seen here. <laughs> Khaleesi gets a ride and she goes for a ride and they're flying around on dragons and they're like, well, okay, let's burn one of these things here. And she just gives them the old Dracaris and kaboom. So luckily they didn't, you know, they didn't want to burn everybody because then they wouldn't have a fleet, but they just took their fleet and said, thanks, brah. Thanks for the, thanks for the boats. <laughs> So then we, that's how we wrap it up. That's what, well, I guess it's not really wrapped up. That's how, that's all we did in Marine. So then the Battle of the Bastards finally, finally, then it's a great scene how Ramsey's taking the time to have the, the flayed burning men X's. That's pretty intimidating, I would think, for somebody who can't read and they're a wildling and all of a sudden they see these. And all of a sudden they see these burning X's with dudes burning on them. It's a great sigil. Great sigil for them. And then they then Ramsey comes out. And Ramsey, what great, great finale to his work here. He's such a great actor. I mean, his facial expressions were have been awesome all the way through it. He just he just nails it. Just is just the most evil looking person ever. What a great role to play. So they come out for a little battle of wits. And then Ramsey, it's the first time Sansa saw Ramsey since, since she escaped and Ramsey's like, Oh, my beloved wife, I've missed you. So and little John Umber throw, they said, Oh, I've got, I've got Rickon by the way. How do, how, well, how do we know you have Rick on? And then little John Umber throws, throws a dire head wolf's at him and, and, or the dire head, dire wolf's head at him. And they're like, Oh man, this is really going to go down. And then the bat, and then Ramsey's like, in the morning, then bossed it. So then they go back and talk it over, talk strategy. Good guys in the tent talking strategy, and they're like, we could, let's trap them in the middle, and then we'll we'll flank them out. It's a, fu a funny little scene where <laughs> where Tormund is is just so literal. He doesn't know what a pincer move is or anything like that, and then we'll get them. They won't be able to get us from the sides, even though I think they ended up getting them from the sides. I'm not sure. Davos is going to walk around and he ends up finding the the burn pile and he happens to find his little Whitlin that he gave Shireen and I think he kind of puts two and two together that oh man looks like somebody was burned at the stake here I, I was surprised they didn't show bones so there should have been bones I don't know if they took the bones of Shireen somewhere or not but I think he put two and two together just in time for the sun to start to come up and then it's time for the battle when you got the flaming X's you've got a small army taking on a larger army and then 
Ramsey comes out with Rickon and holds up a dagger and they're like, oh God, he's just going to cut him. He's going to kill him. But then he cuts, cuts Rickon's, cuts Rickon's ban, uh, bonds and says, greetings, Professor Vulcan. Would you like to play a game? And Rickon's just kind of like, okay, here we go. Run, run, go see your brother. That's all you have to do. And then <laughs> Ramsey's awesome. He just takes, 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 takes his bow slowly and kind of shoots one. He's just trying to get in the get in the lay of the land. Shoots an arrow and it kind of goes near him. And you know everybody knows if if there's a crazy man shooting an arrow at you, you got to zigzag. You got to zigzag. You got to zigzag. So he didn't zigzag. And then the second one, the second arrow was great too because Ramsey didn't. He looked away before he shot. He <laughs> plucked it. Before he loosed his arrow, he's like, oh, hey, watch this, plink, and it's not close. But Ramsey must be a really good archer. I mean, there was a lot of good archers in the in the Bolton army. So then he takes it, and his, his, his expression changes every every arrow, and then he takes that third arrow, and he's like, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. And John takes off for him, and it's like, oh, is he going to make it? And I don't think anybody thought he was going to make it. Everybody knew he wasn't going to make it. And right before he got there, Rickon takes his arrow. Right, just a just nailed it like a ten. That was a ten in the archery. I think uh, I think I think Ramsey could have won a gold medal at the Olympics for archery. So it was see Rickon, and then John's like, "Okay, I'm gonna take on all these guys myself." And then right as he runs towards them, the battle's on. And I've never seen as much carnage as we see in this battle. You know, they are just dying everywhere. Great shots of, you know, in the battle and John just being lucky and getting not hit by all these arrows and just killing people and just almost dying a hundred times. Great, great shots, great scenes. This was some mega blockbuster movie kind of stuff we see totally. And then then they you know you can see the tide turning the bodies are piling up and then the the the, sh the shield men of the ramsey or as of the boltons you know they surround our boys and they're like oh man they just surround them and there's the spears and they just start putting the squeeze play on them which was crazy that was great that was great how they did it i think it was like based on some roman roman battle or something like that it was like infantry forward whoo they do it with the do it with the spears. They move forward and just plank, 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 plank. Okay, move up and then blink, 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 and it's just like squeezing in on them, squeezing in on them. There's this huge wall of bodies, which was hilarious. I thought <laughs> I mean, it was totally overblown, but I get who knows. I, I've never been in a in a hand-to-hand um, -hand combat battle, but there's just bodies piling up everywhere, and then John just getting. Every John and they, they did a good job of getting Tormund in the shot where John was. They were always kind of together. And just as everything's about to John's about to get buried and all this carnage, he kind of makes his way up to the top. And here comes the Knights of the Vale for the save. They come roaring in and save the day and then one one and John and and Thorman go, they, they make a run for winter for inside the walls because Ramsey just goes, he goes back and he, he's like, when Ramsey gets back into Winterfell, he's just like, ah, another day at the office. Um, they'll never be able to breach these walls. We can, we can wait it out forever. 
And then 30 seconds later, 1-1 one, one comes ripping through the door. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but it was hard to see 1-1 one, one go. Last of the Giants, you know, take, took 100 arrows, probably killed 100 dudes. He goes down, and then the... the then the um, John's guys come in and start killing off their, their archers, and next thing you know... That's it. So then Ramsey's like, well, I've changed my mind. Uh, let's do that hand to hand combat thing. And, but he actually meant hand to arrow combat, I think. And, which, and then starts shooting a couple arrows at John. John gets a, sword, uh, a, a shield, which was a great move on his part. Takes a couple arrows and then just gets him down and goes after him, gets him down and just starts beating the crap out of him. For sure he was going to finish him off, but he didn't because he looked at Sansa and he's like, oh, you want to finish this? You go ahead. And then one of the greatest scenes ever, San Ramsey wakes up and he's tied up in the kennels and Sansa's looking at him from the other side of the, the bars. And <laughs> oh, we've all been waiting. We were waiting for this one from the first time we saw Ramsey. Like he's gonna, he's got to get his sometime. And show enough, they have a nice little back and forth. And Ramsey's like, "My hounds will never, my hounds will never attack me." And Sansa's like, "Oh yeah, except you starved them for seven days. You said it yourself." And Sansa has just the, the, the best trump card ever, and it was great to finally get some revenge because Game of Thrones just knocks you down. You know, they just knock you down over and over and over again. You know, every time you want to see something good happen, something bad happens. So that was great. Season 9, or um, episode 9, Battle of the Bastards is come and gone. One more, one more episode to go. I believe Kowski will be joining me tomorrow night and we will talk about the final episode of season six, give a little preview of season seven, get that up for you, hopefully Saturday morning so you can enjoy that. And then kaboom, baby, Sunday night, Sunday night, Sunday night. And that's that. It's about that. Maybe I'll get a regular podcast in here sometime soon. I don't know. Maybe I won't. Gonna go see the meat master now. Here he's having a sausage fest. Literal sausage, not figurative. But we're gonna do that Sunday night. Season seven of Game of Thrones starts off. I have a season uh, episode ten slash season seven preview with Kowski up. Hopefully late, either late tomorrow night or early Saturday morning, so you can get that one in as you're watching all these and following along with JK. <laughs> all right. And this is, this is, I, I didn't, I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it through these two seasons over this last two weeks. A lot of game of Thrones, a lot of watching, uh, a lot of yapping about it. So hopefully you enjoyed this one more to go. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>